Hello and welcome to episode number two of the uh, VegCast series with myself and Mark Foster. We enjoyed doing the first one so much that we're going to make this a monthly thing. So with this particular episode, Mark is going to be talking about how he tended to his garden in April, how he prepared his garden for May. Mark wants to talk a little bit about compost and soil. And then at the very end of the episode, we're going to be answering any questions that anybody had emailed in. Um, so, well, Mark's going to be answering them. I have, I have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> so, anyway, hope you enjoyed the episode. So this is going to be episode number two of the VegCast because back by popular demand more or less uh, with myself and Mark. So talking about any vegetable growing, plant growing that Mark has been doing over the course of the month and then we'll be talking about next month as well. What's up, man? All good, yeah. How you doing? Yeah, I'm pretty good. It's good, Wednesday, so we have back. a hump day. I don't, <laughs> nobody can see it on the audio, but I have a lovely, lovely G&T in front of me at the moment. <laughs> uh, you actually do, like you're not even Yeah, it's it. gorgeous. I put, a bit of, I put a bit of passion fruit in it as well. Would you not give me a heads up so I could get involved as well? Like... <laughs> Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I've got my virgin water here, so. <laughs> it has to be, though, I was walking up the stairs with and I was like, this is the worst drink you could possibly drink during a recording of a podcast because all you can hear is the ice <laughs> clinking. <laughs> so I have, and like, I'm literally here trying not to clink it in front of the microphone. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so... <laughs> So we're in April now. I was just wondering what what were you doing over the course of this month in terms of tending to the garden and, and plant growing? Like, how are you getting the garden ready? How how are you tending to the garden? Sorry, uh, during the course of this month. Yeah, well, yeah, we're we're at the end of April now, actually. So yeah, the beginning oh, yeah. of April, I was planting the spuds. Um, they were all sprouting. So, um, and we're four weeks later. They're actually starting to break through the surface of the soil now. Uh, really well timed it's i'm not even going to say i've practiced it because it's hit and miss really like they can they could be coming through the soil whenever there's a hard frost and you have to kind of cover them but so far so good unless we got some kind of freak frost you know do Um, they spoil easily uh or is it just like if they're good yeah if they're good strong spuds they shouldn't really um Mm. You know, so, but yeah, like if it was really wet weather, really cold, wet, damp weather, there is a chance the wood rot in the ground. Yeah. And like, this is going to come off as a really dumb question. How do you know when they're ready to pull out? Because I'm sure, I'm sure it's not like the potato that we get in the thing. I'm sure there's some kind of form of sprouting on top of them. Is there? Oh, that's going to yeah, be uh, so dumb. Like it, it gets really green and late. No, it's a fair question. Like it gets green and leafy. <laughs> um starts to flower some will actually flower and then it isn't until they start dying off then that you know that the potatoes are starting to kind of swell up under the soil so yeah um you can start pulling them before they die off but i think that like a lot of the nutrients will work its way from the leaves and the stems down into the potatoes to kind of you know swell up a little so if you can be patient uh, to wait until they start dying off. <laughs> what does a potato flower look like? It's, uh, well, they're usually yellow. I think some might be white, but oh, usually what? yellow. Yeah. 
Yeah, and like they're it's a nice looking plant, like to be fair. Um, oh, okay. And yeah, it's 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 a bonus because you know it's it's great for pollinators that time of year too. So, um, oh, and yeah. it, like it's it's weird because some will flower, some won't, and it makes absolutely no difference whether they flower or not. Really, like, you know, like to, in terms of like edibility, is it? You can still just edibility. Is that a word? Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, yeah, term, yeah. Do you mention yeah, you mentioned pollination so. there? I actually saw my first bumblebee on the way into town yesterday, and I was like, "Oh, that's weird. It's it's that time of year now oh, <laughs> where they're coming in, like yeah, yeah. fucking huge as well." That's, it's good to see them. It's, it's good to see. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. Um, so what, what else? else so yeah, we were sowing yeah sowing carrots. Um, yeah, they're, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with carrots, really. Like, they've never really done very badly, but they've never done great either. So this might be the year. And what, what does uh, sowing carrots entail? Because I've heard that, I've you, heard that term before, yeah. but I don't know what it actually means. Yeah, you, you dig like a, a very shallow trench, um, you know, a line, whatever you want, however long. And then you just like sow the seed fairly close together and then you just brush the soil across and water it in or actually to be honest water it before you put the seeds in or they'll actually kind of wash away a little bit so um but yeah they like all going well they'll start like germinating in a line and then when they get big enough you actually have to thin them it's one of those ones that you feel really bad because They've tried oh, to grow. To, they've done their hardest. Yeah, but you have to start like snipping you have a, to few, cull the a few. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so their brethren survive and, and thrive. <laughs> you monster! Yeah. It's an awful feeling, so it is. But like, yeah, well, that's, so that's nature, survival of the fittest. Like, that's it. Like, you could let them all grow. I've been there, where you you just try and let most of them grow, but you don't get many carrots out of it. They're just strings. So, oh. yeah, so yeah. then you, you send exactly them out. It's not the most appetizing thing in the world. No, no. But, like, at the same time, halfway through their growing, you do, a, well, I do a second thinning where they'll be half size and you can thin okay. a few more by pulling them out and you just have, like, really tasty baby carrots then. So it's kind of like a bonus crop in between. Um, so that's that. And, yeah, what else? Cucumbers. Uh, so those, um, which is always a real exciting one. I love cucumber. So oh, I um, love when you bring down cucumbers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're so, class. Like, but I will class. literally in the part of the season where there's just way too many, and I'm literally eating them as a snack i'll just pull one off and i slice and dice it and just eat them like a snack well sure i always have cu- cucumber in a sandwich it's great, especially a roll like cucumber is lovely with a bit of lettuce yeah and some great mayo or something some yeah. dressing so nice yeah. nice yeah refreshing and I'm assuming so. that you, when you say sowing cucumbers is that the same that would that be more or less it's, it's the exact same process as sowing carrots like sowing is just that, that uh um, no actually thing. like Carrots, carrots are one of the only ones that I, what you call direct sowing. So sowing it directly in the ground that it's going to grow. Um, almost everything else I'll sow in modules and, or pots and then plant them out, like transplant them out. 
but okay. carrots and parsnips are the only ones that I like direct. So just because they're a root vegetable, so you can't really mess around with them once they start germinating. You know, you can really mess up yeah. the shape of the root by transplanting it. So yeah, the 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 cucumbers are just sowed into modules and then uh, potted on into bigger pots until all risk of frost disappears and then you just transplant them into the greenhouse then. all right okay but i have messed around growing a few in, in pots and containers you don't need a greenhouse um you don't need one a really sunny windowsill will grow your tomatoes and cucumbers no problem i actually have a question later on about greenhouses that's a good one but we'll be so what, what uh, else were you up to actually sorry sorry actually before uh, even, yeah. what does what does putting them into modules mean sorry for cutting you off there you said putting the cucumbers oh, into modules before. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> like, <laughs> I hope you're picking something up here. <laughs> I, I am. Like I am learning, but like it's it's it's. This is like talking to a fucking child who's never heard what grass is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, like yeah. I suppose there's quite a lot of terminology there, but um, don't be afraid to shout whenever there's a there's a word you're not sure of. But yeah, like um, modules. The they're basically like. It's like a <laughs> uh, <laughs> modules are basically like uh, rows of pots, like a grid of pots. So you know they could be between like any size, really. Like you know, two and a half centimeter by two and a half centimeter would be a common one, and then the depths can vary depending on what you're growing. But then you can get quite big ones as well. Like depends on what you're growing, really. Um, I do have like a, a really great like a slab of modules where I think there's 72 in it. Oh, and wow. Yeah, well, they're only small ones. So they're great for onions and leeks because they're only yeah. like, you know, stringy little uh, wisps of grass essentially until you transplant them out. So whereas a cucumber, sure. it's a it's a big seed, almost the size of like, think of like a melon seed or like a you know pumpkin seeds oh, so it's it's bigger okay. so it needs to start in a bigger seed then, or a bigger module then so okay yeah. i'm assuming they're just pots you can pick up from your just your local garden center like oh yeah totally yeah yeah and yeah like uh, you know and i try and use try and use a few like margarine and butter tubs i was saying that last week where or last yeah, month, yeah. where um, there's no point in chucking them yeah out, you right? can yeah exactly yeah like you know once you start growing you you're always going to be like oh crap i've run <laughs> out of pots again so <laughs> no matter what you're doing yeah. like and so what what was there anything else you're up to this month in terms of uh, tending to the garden yeah um like the lawns are growing pretty fast so uh cutting the lawns a little bit more frequently and that means more compost um what else yeah a little bit of weeding it's it's getting to that temperature now where weed seeds are germinating in the beds um but and then i've been i've been making quite a lot of compost too which which meant that i had a plan to have like this square bed shitting in your garden (laughs) no no (laughs) turning the (laughs) turning the compost (laughs) no it's exactly what it sounds like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, come on <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, no. This like, is uh, the most scientific gardening pro- podcast in the world. Oh, we're getting there. <laughs> sorry, yeah. <laughs> that was such a, that's such an unnecessary joke. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry, you were saying. No, um, yeah, just essentially like turning it over. So anything on top goes to the bottom, and uh, you know it, it kind of gives it uh, just aerates it really. Aerate, uh, yeah. probably, I actually I plan chatting a bit about composting a bit, so we'll we'll talk about that in a sec. Um, but yeah but like (laughs) (laughs) you know i'm looking forward to it don't the whole point of this podcast is because i don't know anything yeah well well, sorry i keep i think you're you're getting somewhere (laughs) i have dreams where by the end of the year (laughs) you will actually be growing something (laughs) i have a big beard as well yeah (laughs) yeah all right don't push it like <laughs> no i won't push it i shaved my beard off today actually and nobody fucking noticed i was really annoyed <laughs> nobody yeah, noticed like... I'm, I'm sure it's just a lie. yeah i notice it now yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> yeah so no, turn the compost i suppose one of the other yeah one of the other big things um just the end of the month here was kind of the last chance I have for like building beds. Um, so there's like a square bed that we have at the back and it was kind of like waste area behind us, just like pathway that wasn't really necessary. So I just had extra compost that I just laid down behind us and just made the bed like twice as big. So um, and why would it be the last know, time to space. make the bed? Like why would you, is yeah, it, is I it suppose just like, like being busy or? Yeah, well, I suppose if if it was built any later and things were planted into it, the compost would be a bit fresh and wouldn't have settled and the roots wouldn't have a good enough, you know, soil to anchor into. But if it's it's a couple of months prior to to transplanting in, then there should be good enough solid ground there for it to to kind of, you know, get, get invested in the soil there. Oh, okay. So. Sweet. Yeah. Anything else? Ah, yeah. Well, besides that, just potting things on, I guess. Potting so, on, yeah. yeah, anything in a small module that's starting to outgrow it, or outgrow the, the pot or module will be, you know, just put into a bigger one, really. Um, sure. Just kind of kicking the can down the road until frost and cold weather has passed, and then we can get them outside then. Would you, would you still be getting frost at this point in Cavan? Like, would it still be hitting frost temperatures? Yeah, you'll you'll find that some parts of the garden you'll have like microclimates, so to be maybe sheltered areas that wouldn't get a frost, but okay. parts more out in the open, you know, there's still a chance of a frost. Uh, the last couple of weeks have been grand, but it seems to be getting a bit chillier again. So um, yeah, it was weirdly it was yeah. lovely last week, and then this week it's been pretty Baltically cold so far. Yeah. It, it gets but, uh, you off guard like you know irish does, springs yeah. like that where it'll it'll make you think oh here we are summer's early and then it'll be like nope it's nope. it's still spring <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah like i suppose this yeah the sunnier hot days mean there's less cloud cover and that means in the as it gets you know darker and the sun goes down there's no clouds to kind of hold the heat in that probably is part of it too and in terms of now, for terms of like May, what would what would you be like? How would you be preparing the garden for May for the next coming month? Yeah, like all of the sowing is kind of done for myself. I've finished most of it. 
uh, anything that's summer crop would want to be kind of sowed soonish, if not now. Um, just because, you know, as we get into autumn, it's the, you know, less, less sun and then the heat kind of disappears fairly quick. So you want to get all your summer crops the best chance they can get to be mm. bigger earlier. Um, there's still time for sowing carrots for myself and some peas as well. Um, carrots, peas, and then there'll be the main crop potatoes going in in the next couple of weeks. So they're like, you know, the, the, the bigger potatoes, um, yeah. carrots, pinks, and roosters, those kind of ones. Oh, big giant potatoes, lovely baked potato. Yeah, and you kind of, you strategically have like a little overlap there where the earlier ones will start to be being picked. And then just when they start to run out, you'll be ready with your main crop then later in the year. So, so just constantly cycling and cycling different parts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So besides that, loads of, loads of weeding going on. Um, I've, I've been putting down a mulch of compost or wood chips to kind of, you know, keep, keep the weeds at base. There's less sunlight at the soil. Um, but there's always going to be a few that sprout up here and there. But surely using compost, does that, that, does that stop them growing? Is it? I would have thought that would help. Yeah. yeah, like I suppose while there's while there's seeds like weed seeds, they they mightn't be close enough to the surface to have the energy to get through all of that compost oh, before okay. they get to the surface. Okay. But you're probably right. Like if they're still at the surface of the soil, you're going to be feeding them anyway with the compost. But yeah, another thing too is like when you fresh compost on top, and a weed starts growing it's very easy to pull it out because it's in very loose soil. Oh yeah. yeah, Because the soil is so tender. Exactly. Yeah. But if, if you've got like, you know, compacted ground, didn't have a top mulch and a weed grows into it again, it has that anchor, like that firm root in the soil. So Mm. it's much easier to pluck out. Um, if it's not, so yeah. Anything else? Um, I'd like to think that some of the last frosts are coming up uh, for the next few weeks. So, <laughs> yeah, I but you might, never know with this uh, fucking country. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, blame the government. <laughs> but uh, I'll I'll risk it and plant a few things in the greenhouse at least. And yeah. if the weather forecast gives a few frosts, I have um, I have like a fleece that I can cover over them and that kind of keeps the frost unless it went up to like very you know say down to like minus three four five it it definitely yeah. should be able to keep them covered so yeah but you, you, you kind of have like, to like, like, like oh sorry you kind of have to like just watch it and get them out when you can like there's no point waiting till midsummer like sure you know there's definitely not gonna be any frost by midsummer but by that stage the plants will already so want to be out so yeah yeah so you were saying you're talking about the, the importance of soil was one was the topic of conversation that you wanted to go about today so like what what like what's the most what's why is it important to have decent soil when you're gardening all right yeah well i mean soil is like where you know the plant is getting its, its nutrients and goodness from i'm sure you'd even you know know that but um 
like hey. especially vegetable hey. growing there <laughs> <laughs> but it's a fair question like you know it's pretty layered um vegetable growing they're very hungry uh depending on the veg but like you know your cucumbers tomatoes are hungry um mm. you know everything under the sun really like there's a few that you can get away with peas don't need to be in the best soil neither do carrots but um yeah for the most part like you're going to get much healthier plants uh, just so that they have the nutrients available for them or sorry do you mean why do carrots not need why as do much peas, why do peas not need as good good soil is it just because they're just a smaller vegetable is it like they're they're more kind of spread out in terms of size than a, yeah, potato, like, like a large potato would be peas get their nitrogen from the air actually which is really interesting oh. so like yeah like the main thing you're looking for in compost especially for greener crops is nitrogen but peas if they're in a nitrogen rich soil they won't use it neither do beans actually um so why is it just an anomaly is it like why it's yeah it's just part of their uh part of their culture like oh, yeah. <laughs> that's so bizarre yeah it's so the, really they're weird. they're called really nitrogen weird. nitrogen fixers so they'll actually take nitrogen from the air and store it in little nodules under under the ground and the roots um and then the reason i mentioned carrots is because they grow like obviously a root and they grow like stringy roots even under the generic yeah. orange carrot part so they'll have like networks of webs growing way further down um if you've got all your you know good soil on top they won't have a tendency to try and burrow down and find all the rest of the nutrients so it's almost like training the root by not having really rich soil for carrots and then just it like uh yeah. so before we started saying that just with with soil what was the, what was it that you wanted to say about it sorry that's a bad question but you know what i mean <laughs> uh oh well yeah i was going to talk about compost making wasn't it oh yeah compost making yeah yeah that was it sorry yeah i don't know where my so head there. yeah like um compost is is really um a combination of two things you got like uh nitrogen and carbon um nitrogen come from like greens so that's like your kitchen waste uh your lawnmower clippings garden scraps um anything green and you know vegetation that kind of thing yeah whereas carbon it's more from like dried leaves sticks twigs branches cardboard uh, shredded paper um all this yeah so like people will tell you different um depending on who you're talking to but i i will many are of the opinion that you want more carbon than nitrogen I go to kind of like a two to one ratio. Um, so I go like two parts carbon to one part nitrogen, but it's, you know, it really depends what's available really. Um, you know, in, in the kind of autumn time, you'll have more carbon cause there's more leaves. Um, this kind of thing. Whereas the summer you've more nitrogen. So if you try and find some sort of a balance, it still works. Like it's not rocket science, but, um, like yeah it's it's amazing though how like if you've got a lot of nitrogen like a lot of grains in the compost especially lawnmower clippings that that pile gets up to a serious heat like i've seen 
piles get up to you know 70 80 degrees celsius mm. which is just wild like yeah you know you, you pull <laughs> you pull back the top That's surface hot. and there's just like <laughs> there's just like a <laughs> woof of steam that just rises like it's insane um and it's kind of key to get those temperatures because you're going to kill all the weed seeds uh that are in there it's you know like that. yeah exactly because like they'll hit that heat they'll panic they'll try and grow and then they'll just starve very quickly because there's no soil it's just heat so like say for example you've eaten some you know peppers in the kitchen and then you throw them into the compost heap well those pepper seeds will still grow likewise with tomatoes and you know peas and things so um if if they're in the compost and they don't hit the heat then it's likely you'll actually see those growing the next season uh, in your compost when you lay it out. Sure. So, Mm. yeah. Um, And yeah, as you were asking before, yeah, I was just, I was turning the compost. So I do that a couple of times before I use it. Uh, The first turn is just to aerate it because it gets kind of compacted. Um, Then maybe another month later, I'll turn it again. And it's just, amazing to see it like transforming in front of you each yeah, time yeah. you give it a turn it's just getting browner and more like rich and organic looking and at the point that you see a lot of worms working their way into it and there's a lot of worms in a healthy compost is, seed, is, is that a good you know is that, that a good sign or a bad sign like do you want worm yeah, it's I'm a, assuming you don't yeah it's it's a do, great do you want sign worms yeah yeah okay a hundred percent yeah they're doing the work they're doing the work because oh, they're breaking us. it down even further then obviously exactly yes yeah, 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 yeah. yes and i'm learning you, yeah <laughs> learning <laughs> so, hi i'm so smart yeah yeah you'll you'll find loads of life in the compost heap like um centipedes millipedes uh you know uh black beetles um yeah well obviously you're gonna get flies and things too but if you're finding a lot of flies and maggots you probably got too many greens, too much nitrogen in there, like, mm. you know, and it's rotting away, but a mix of the carbon, uh, kind of reduces the, the rotting effect and it just starts breaking down without rotting then. So, sure. um, yeah, but yeah, if you've got loads of worms in there, you're definitely winning. Um, uh, and another thing about homemade compost is compared to bot stuff, it's it's full of that soil life that the roots need um but if you buy compost it's usually been created by being put in a furnace heats it up to that temperature real quick cools down and there's been no like outside life coming in there like there's, no, there's no organic life to turn it over. exactly yeah so so it's you know to make homemade stuff is is definitely where it's at also cheaper <laughs> yeah it's it's cheaper and you're you know you're you're turning your otherwise kind of stinky smelly bin in the house into you know drier matter because yeah. at the end of the day most of most of the the smelly stuff in your bin is is just due to compostable materials so do you know it's funny we used to when we were cleaning the when we would um cut the grass in the garden 
we used to leave it underneath. We have an old tree house in the back of our garden that hasn't, you can't go up into it because it's so, there's a tree growing through the tree house that's got to the boards. It's very, very old. You can't stand on it because if you stand on it, it leads to the side. So basically you can't go into it. Oh, right. but we, when we cut, when we cut the grass, we used to always chuck the, the grass we cut at the very back of the garden underneath the tree house. That was always where we put it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was meant to act as some form of composting thing, but we didn't really use it. But that, grass hardened obviously for sitting there for ages and we went down the other week and found that somebody had burrowed a hole in it so there's now a fox living in the very back of the garden who comes up oh, every so no often now. yeah yeah and we can't touch it because we're afraid to touch it just in case she has cubs and we go down you know yeah. so we basically have to just wait till she moves on and then maybe get rid of it i don't know but you yeah, know it's, and it's a perfect mm. circle in in the in just this compost it's just it's old um it's it's old grass like but it's hard enough yeah, for, yeah. for the fox to make it a home like oh that's <laughs> and amazing my just like why didn't we use that properly like <laughs> <laughs> and because if we turned it if we just did what was meant to be done it'd be fine like but anyway <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah well look i mean worst worst case scenario you give a fox a home so well th- that's the other thing as well like um fucking we'll have no rats and we'll have no rat rats near the house so that's always a plus mm. nice anyway <laughs> will we move on do you have more to say or do you, do you want to move on to the questions um yeah well that's kind of that's kind of, well i suppose i should say um you know anyone can make a compost heap uh, if they have like a little spot in the back of the garden like as you were saying if you're throwing, say, leaves or twigs into that as well, mixing them up maybe once a month, uh, you'll find it break down nicely. Um, yeah. But you can also get, like, these things called compost tumblers, uh, which is, it's like a big drum with a door on it and, like, oh. a little handle to turn it. My nan has that. These? Yeah, my nan has one. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I think so. So anyway, that, like, simulates yeah. the, yeah, it simulates the, the turning of the compost just by chucking everything in uh giving it a you know turn every yeah. couple of days or whatever and it creates compost very quickly um and if if you don't like the look of a compost heap then that'll definitely do the job yeah you can just basically just keep making it fresh but uh so that's well that's class but we so we we were we put it out there that if anybody has any questions for the podcast that you can email in at the who art that podcast at gmail.com or send a message in instagram i actually have a question of my own before we start and it's a very basic question is that our studio space that i share with our friend beth is quite bare at the moment but i have a perfect little bit of sunlight that comes into my side that'd be perfect for plants and i was wondering as somebody who's never really taken care of a plant before would be a really good plant that'd be very easy to keep that would also look nice that you could have in a in an office setting do you know okay so you're looking for a plant not necessarily a vegetable actually it's, it's most like i could a grow plant. a vegetable could grow a vegetable could grow a vegetable it would actually be cool how much, to have a vegetable how much sun out. is it getting plenty it's a big fucking sky oh, right. beam, basically yeah so say like see that window it's the whole roof is like that mm. and then the, the the it'll just oh. be, be it'll be basically it'll be getting about from where it is it'll be in the sun from it'll be in the sun all day pretty much actually no come four o'clock okay. the sun no comes four, half four or five the sun no longer hits it directly but about about yeah right. be in the sun for most of the day yeah that's still there's still loads of sun 
Um, yeah, it's plenty. Well, like there's two two routes you could, well, three routes you could go down. You could go for the uh, basic white bitch uh, succulents or cacti. I do like a cacti though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, they're I'm cute. a fan too. They're, yeah, they're, they're cute. great. Like, <laughs> The variety of, of succulents and, and cacti is just insane. So I haven't had a whole pile of, uh, you know, experience with either. I do yeah. have a couple of cactuses, but um, yeah, that's one call. So the other is obviously, you know, generic houseplants. And, um, you know, again, very, very little practice there. But if I'm going to push yeah. you towards... The vegetable world yeah go sec. on yeah <laughs> i i'd say <laughs> that you could grow maybe like a small tomato plant there but uh, that would be, be sweet to have a tomato plant yeah that'd be lovely we grow th- we grow thyme yeah. now in the garden it's very easy to grow as well i know thyme. oh nice yeah, yeah yeah it's very easy to grow and it grows quite rapidly as well it does yeah i, I yeah. think it, like, yeah, it, it does yeah it could actually turn into a weed if you're not careful like um, very easy oh really oh well we so, we fucking yeah they're, to make them a risotto i take take the leaves off it nice yeah no they can be invasive like uh, especially in the summer when they grow you know quite wild they can mm. you think they can self-propagate where they can kind of creep along the ground and any mm. kind of branches that hit the ground can turn into roots oh well we um, have it spread out amongst so different pots so we should probably move it on its own <laughs> But it is, yeah. it is taking, it's, it's, it's tended to quite a bit. Like, as in, as I say, myself and my mum use it in cooking every so often and just rip yeah, it apart, yeah. basically. <laughs> Unreal. Lovely, yeah. No, they're, they're food, great. Yeah. So then the yeah, other questions that actually I, are, are very good. What's the other one that we grow? There's something else down there as well. But I have another question. So this question is from Sean and he was asking, let me get it up here just so that I, I ask it properly. So he was saying, uh, could you ask Mark uh, about greenhouses and how how one would go about building a greenhouse or should you buy one? And then a follow-up question, uh, do, uh, do, what, sorry, follow-up question is, what are the benefits of having a greenhouse and is it necessary to have one? So, okay. basically, so basically right, saying, well. could you build your own greenhouse or should you buy one? And then, yeah, the, the other part. <laughs> okay, yeah, well. Galv, I would say <laughs> you could you could give building one a go, but I mean, like to gather up all those materials, uh, it's probably handier to just go for you know a bought pack or a kit. Um, I'm lucky that my mother had a greenhouse uh, here. Like, oh, it must be has to be ten plus years old. Um, so I'm quite fortunate for that, but. I think you can get them like if you're going to start with say a glass or perspex about 500 euro would would buy a kit um and you could you can spend silly money on them but for just a standard greenhouse uh maybe six by four foot i'd say about 500 euro would would definitely you know sort you out there um now if you did have like I suppose an alternative if you want to build your own would be, um, you know, you could, you could build say a, a smaller kind of greenhouse. You, you can't actually walk into it, but 
it'd be more like a code frame it's called uh where okay. it has just one piece of glass on top or even a window you could put on top and the rest would just be block or brick on the outside so um it would have one kind of skylight just beaming in on top and it would keep it sheltered and warm and keep the sun on it so so that wouldn't be a bad call uh, to at least start out and see where you're going so that's called a cold frame um yeah was there any more to that question the other oh, part yeah. was, what uh, do you think it's what are the benefits of having one? Yeah, and do you think you need one basically? Okay, well, you don't necessarily need one. Um, you can, you can kind of stretch out your growing season by having one. So, uh, the summer is the summer starts earlier in a greenhouse and lasts longer. Um, so that's the use, and then it means it does open up the possibility to to grow more tomatoes and cucumbers that aren't just subject to keeping in the window so mm. uh, it's a great place for starting off seedlings as well uh, again if if you have you know we only have so many south facing windows to, to, keep, <laughs> to keep plants in so mm. you know if if you can't see out your south facing windows i do recommend getting a greenhouse at that point <laughs> yeah um yeah and should you get one yeah why not like uh but you start off with a cold frame and see where you're going with that i think it's a great idea i didn't even know that kind of thing existed okay. like, but it makes sense though yeah like you can get uh plastic ones as well so it, you kind of just wrap the plastic around it's more like a polytunnel greenhouse and you know maybe 100 200 euro but okay. the lighter it is, the more chance you'll wake up and it'll just be gone on a windy day. <laughs> <laughs> so pro- probably probably worth <laughs> putting in a sheltered spot at least. So yeah. in case you in case you run into that. Um I suppose we could take turns and I could ask uh ask myself one of the questions that came in. Yeah. Um <laughs> to the to the Instagram page. So this one's from Megan and she's asked uh, for tips on growing leeks. So, um, yeah, Megan, it's, it's very like, it's very like growing onions from seed. Like they look so similar to begin with. You can't just grow like, you know, thin pieces of grass or like chives they look like. Um, I like to grow them in, uh, in clumps so i'll sow say six seeds in a module and then i'll thin them out to maybe you know three or four and they'll all grow with their friends three or four leeks uh, or onions together um right through the season uh sowed january february and you know like when they're seedlings they want a lot of attention keep them watered but once they get transpire out and you know they get settled in their soil watered in they just do their own thing so they do and <laughs> the reason that i yeah and the reason that i grow like three or four together just doing their own thing <laughs> they, yeah <laughs> the reason i grow three or four together is they seem to work together to stay anchored in the windy kind of uh, you know to, to deal with the elements better it seems 
um, if they're kind of grown together. So, hmm. uh, yeah, what else? Like, yeah, like you can, you can harvest them from October, November as small, uh, right through to March, really. Um, oh, so there's wow. a little overlap between, yeah. yeah, there's a little overlap between uh, harvesting them and then sowing your new ones, which is satisfying. So, yeah, there's not a lot to it. It's it's kind of one of those ones that is it's probably more scary than actually doing it because the seeds are yeah, so yeah. small and they're so fragile when they're little. But once they're transplanted out, they're beasts like they can deal with you know, minus 15 degrees Celsius and stuff. Fuck, really? Minus 15? Oh, yeah. Yeah, one of the, one of the hardiest veggies out there, yeah. Fuck. (laughs) Someone's getting onion soup this summer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was leeks. Sorry, leeks. Sorry, leeks and onion. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're very, very similar. Like, you know, they look very similar seedlings. They deal with the same um, kind of elements and, they can both be grown in the shade or in full sun. Um, just that depends then how well they do and, and yeah. all this crack. Okay. And did you get did you get any other questions? What were you gonna what was that um, what was that hand towards me? I'm out of questions. I only had two. I thought <laughs> Oh right, okay. Yeah, I only had two. Um, yeah, I I've got one more actually. Um oh, I actually do have one more. This, I have one more. Okay, yeah. Well, if we're going yeah. for the turnabout thing, you go first then. Yeah. Well, so my mom was wondering, have you ever um, tried to grow uh, mushrooms? Oh, I actually get up and ask this, but no, I have never tried to grow mushrooms. Um, it's it's a tough one. Like, well, for me, yeah. F- yeah. Like, you don't you buy you buy a pack with? I'm trying to think of the word. Um, Poop spores yeah mushroom spores <laughs> mushroom <laughs> spores and it has to be a specific type of soil as well um, oh and it, the easiest way to grow them is buying a pack but for me it's it's kind of already you know taking half the fun out of it where yeah i was gonna say you want the cut but you want the growing to, aspect to it like the fact that it's like i have grown this yeah. i think is the whole point of this whole thing is about talking about growing your own shit like yeah and no, the satisfaction like, of picking them at the either. end when they're done as well. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I've seen, it's actually seems to have taken off recently. Where, um, you can you know buy all those different types of mushroom. You can get those yeah. huge ones that you, um, literally Four like dollars. bigger than. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all this yeah. crack. But, um, I haven't given it a go, and I don't know if I will give it a go. Not too sure. Um, yeah, but, but I it will seems like it's a whole that, different uh, area than vegetable growing. Like it's a whole yeah. new thing. Like, oh, it's it's a whole thing because like you're doing the opposite. You're you're trying not to give them sunlight. Like, what's that yeah. about? <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, I didn't even take that into consideration. Yeah, <laughs> grow in the dark. Like, <laughs> yeah, you got to grow it in your like hot press or bedroom or something. Yeah, yeah. So like, oh. uh, yeah, I don't know. It's um maybe if you're like quarantining for half a year maybe it's a good call where you can't go outside or <laughs> i'll start tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i will say that like 
there is a guy down the road who I actually get excess compost from when I can't make enough for myself. Um, he he's actually a mushroom farmer. Um, All right, okay. He gets what you call yeah spent compost, which is used compost. But because mushrooms are quite hungry, he he still you know swaps out the compost each time and he just kind of leaves it all in a pile outside in the field so um i just drop him a text and say do you have any and he usually has mounds of it so i just (laughs) drop down and pick some up and throw him a little penny and i just exactly and i just kind of mix it through my already homemade compost and it makes quite a quite a good mix but a good mix. The reason I'm kind of getting at that is because sometimes when I spread it on the surface of the soil, like a couple of weeks later, I will see random mushrooms just appearing between the vegetables, <laughs> uh, which is insane. So yeah, I'm yeah. not, I haven't tried eating them. <laughs> I just uh, I can't risk yeah. it. Like, <laughs> yeah. but Suddenly maybe they're great. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, there are ways of checking where. I think maybe you you tear a little piece of the head off and if it turns blue, like I'm not here recommending people try it at home. <laughs> I wouldn't risk it. No, but no, it, no, 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 no. It's, no. you know, this isn't mushroom picking advice, but it's something about tearing it and it might turn blue. It's poisonous or something I, like that. I remember when I was uh, really, really, really young with my granddad, we were on some Easter egg hunt that we did and there was mushrooms growing and I picked them thinking that I could eat them. And my granddad just slapped my hand. He was like, he, like he was just, like, just shook it out of my hand. He was just like, don't ever touch a mushroom if you don't know what it is. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, he's just being an asshole. And it's like, no, don't. <laughs> Genuinely, you have no idea what yeah. they are. Like, <laughs> Definitely. But, and I mean, if yeah. that's stuck in your head, then that might be yeah, why you're worked, still talking like, today, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have ate that mushroom and I would have had a great time. No, anyway, moving on. <laughs> Bad advice. He, he, just, <laughs> he just swapped <laughs> it out with an Easter egg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, I think you did. You have one more question, was it? That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. This one is from from Derek on Instagram as well, and he asks, "Oh, uh, what is the weirdest and or most interesting thing you've ever grown?" Oh, that's a really good question. So, yeah. Um, Those cocaine leaves can, that you wrote last year were great. <laughs> <laughs> you wish. <Yeah. laughs> no, like I can think of, I could think of four things um, that were kind of interesting or weird, but uh, similar to raspberries in the same family, actually not in the same family. These are nightshade. Uh, and they're called ground oh. cherry or Cape gooseberry. Um, and it's, it's kind of like the, the cherry or gooseberry that you see in some desserts or fruit salads with, with ice creams. Um, and yeah, you get them at weddings or, or in restaurants and that. So it's kind of like a sharp, uh, bitter, tangy kind of taste. But then sometimes you just find one that's really sweet. Oh, what? So it's really a pick and mix. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> like it, they can really be any flavor. It's the strangest it's like the Willy thing. Willy Wonka sweets, but with so, fruit. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not joking. Like, um, you have to try some of these 
Uh, they're, they're interesting. Like I grew quite a lot last year. The plant is too big. It takes up way too much space. And I grew like 10 of them. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, they took up way too much space. What, what made you want to grow so, them just to see if you could, was it? Yeah, I was just kind of curious because this is another interesting thing about them. They grow like this lantern uh, kind of um, husk around the cherry to keep it safe. Oh, and I know what it's like. Like if it fell on the ground. Yeah, I think yeah. I know. Which, I think I know exactly. Like I have. I I can picture that in my head. What you're exactly what you're talking about? Did you say it's similar to nightshade? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's in the nightshade family. Oh, cool! So, so we can do some witch trials um, later. Yeah, <laughs> like some of those are definitely not edible in the nightshade family. There's some that look similar to I mean, it. Nightshade but is notorious for no you can eat it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it it sounds dangerous, but you can eat the cave gooseberry. Um, so there, I'm still growing a few of those this year, but definitely not as many. I've got three plants this year. Sweet. So yeah, tens a lot. Um, take I'll have to bring space. some down to you next time. I'd love to get some. Love to try them. The, yeah, the, even the, really, the, the idea really that some of them can be just like, you know, so one can just be super sweet and the rest and taste different is just bonkers. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, so that's that. Um, Aka is another one. It's spelled O-C-A, not to be that before. confused for Akra. Yeah, Aka is like, it's, I think it was the Incas that grew them um, and they grew them as a potato. Oh. So they're like a tuber that grows in the ground. Um, they're not the prettiest looking. <laughs> so um, they're like kind of like a wrinkled kind of, it's like a- How do you spell it? Let me just have a Google like, it. That's why we're here. Yeah, it's it's O-C-A. O-C-A. It's almost like a pine cone, but it's, it's not like, you know, uh, Oh, it's, it's tough to describe. Oh, like, ooh, they look weird. They kind of look a bit like yeah, they're, carrots, they're but weird. like deformed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not a not a bad color. It's like you, you can get them odd plenty looking. of colors as well, yellows and pinks. Yeah, there's purples and so stuff here as well. Yeah. And kind of what's like the... The taste kind of lemony, nutty potato. Interesting. They'd be, they'd be made into a nice soup, yeah. actually, if that's the case. It'd be a very weird tasting soup. But like, what's the, so are they, are, are they potatoes? I, yeah. Are they classed as potatoes or, or they're their own thing? They are a tuber, but I do know that they're part of the sorrel family. Um, so it's, it's kind of a plant that they don't have tubers normally. They kind of look like shamrocks. Okay. Um, so sorrel is, is, uh, it's like, you can see them in the woods and you can pick them and eat them. It's kind of like a lemony. It's some of them are actually like, uh, you know, the, what do you call them? What are those like jelly worms? You know, the bitter oh, kind of like sour the worms. Did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, the ones that make you do the funny face. Yeah, when yeah, you yeah. Eat them. I know exactly what you're talking about. The cake and <laughs> so, sugar, like, like some, some sorrel. Yeah, yeah, and some sorrel will actually taste like that, like wood sorrel. Oh wow! If you if you scout it out and you know what it looks like, yeah, you can nip off bits of that and eat it. But 
I only at the very end of the growing season, whenever the yucca was ready to harvest, then I realized that you could eat the leaves as well. And I was eating them and I was like, why wasn't I doing this all year? Oh, like, the leaves nice. really tasty. If, yeah, for like salads and stuff. Oh, lovely. Um, it's like kind of like a nice citrusy, lemony taste, but slightly sour. So that's that's an interesting one. I'm growing more of those this year. And it's it's a great transition for whenever you run out of potatoes, they're ready to eat sure. then as well. So, and being that you said that Incas grew them, you wouldn't yeah. would they like would you need a greenhouse to grow them in this environment? Not at all. Uh, I am I so I start them off in pots, unlike potatoes. I do start them in pots, but they've only started sprouting now. People still have time to try and grow them. Sure. Um so they start sprouting and then I'll uh, I'll dig a little trench, pop them in, and they will grow between so we're in they'll be planted out in May. I won't be harvesting until December. Oh wow. So okay. they they keep growing. As soon as a hard frost hits, all the leaves just fall off. And just like all yeah. And then you pull them up as soon as you can. Okay. Um yeah, they're really tasty. So I suppose there's two more quick ones. Sure. I'm gonna try and grow catnip this year. What? So catnip is actually yeah it's it's really easy to grow i didn't know My you could grow blown, catnip like i thought it was some well, of course. i thought it was like i've never <laughs> I've, i thought i never seen it before i thought it was some weird kind of like yeah. um manufacturer type of thing i didn't know it was a thing that you could grow oh i suppose they say no, it's like yeah, heroin it's a, for it's cats a plant and, that you can well not heroin weed yeah it's it's not that intense. Yeah, I was about to say, heroin was a very <laughs> high uh, jump. Like, <laughs> just no, a cat strung know, like out on a windowsill. <laughs> no, like, but different cats do different things on it, which is, is fascinating. Um, but uh, like, I was doing a bit of reading up on it, why cats act the way they do with catnip. Okay. And I found, so there's, there's kind of a correlation between cats in the wild that trying to get rid of, say, mosquitoes and uh, kind of, you know, any of those like blood sucking yeah. insects. And the fact that those insects really do not like catnip. So it seems to repel them. Oh, okay. So there's a chance that in, you know, through generations of cats, through, you know, generations um it's almost in in their instinct that they know to roll around and rub in catnip to actually create a repellent oh wow yeah so but it's interesting how it, it does something to their brain it's like a kind of a reward system yeah so they're like oh this is great catnip but then you know on a lower level it's actually helping them repel from mosquitoes and and termites so wow but should yeah, they say that so there's the fact that cats that i found that really yeah no that's class because they say like stuff like that. it's amazing that that stuff kind of works its way through like the cats are afraid of kind of stuff that looks similar to snakes even though they've never ever seen a snake before that's right yeah they've like like i think like cucumber yeah, was the big yeah. one remember that trend of people chucking cucumbers buzz out at the cat? yeah it comes back around with cucumbers yeah, again yeah. it's always it? about cucumbers <laughs> but you just <laughs> 
you've seen those videos where like someone sets one behind a cat and then the cat like turns around and sees it and jumps in the air like yeah so yeah it's it's interesting in their instincts and really really quickly last one is uh bamboo oh yeah i've i've been growing bamboo for a couple of years now Uh, i got it yeah i got a cutting from my friend sophie and uh like they have a garden with a really mature bamboo plant and i just bought a cutting home planted in the ground and since then it's been growing up new shoots nice and the plan is to just snip a few shoots off every year and use them for bamboo canes for small seedlings and you know so it's it's basically creating my own sustainable way of of using my own bamboo instead of having to buy in just so much it so grow, it grows quite rapidly doesn't uh, it even though i do use uh, it does yeah like have it in kind of a it's like a half sun spot so i'm curious to see i have another spot i want to grow in more of a sunny place so once it kind of gets enough shoots i'll dig up a few of those and transplant them somewhere else and see how they it's do a crazy so. versatile versatile plant like what was it? Um, Beth was even showing me a piece of fabric there the other day that felt gorgeous, and it was this black fabric. I was like, "What's the, what's that made? What is that made of?" And she goes, "That's made of bamboo." I was like, "Jesus Christ! Is there anything this no plant way. cannot be used for? Like the 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 stuff that they the stuff they can make from it is amazing. You can eat it for God's sake, and it tastes lovely. Bamboo shoots. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I'll I'll take Panda's word for yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah that's good cool. i actually didn't know that you could make clothing off it that's yeah you can make you can make fabric out of it and it's really it's re- the the texture of it's gorgeous it's really 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 nice but yeah mm. you can make clothes with it so start a little yeah, t-shirt nice. business yeah. a little sweatshop in the back garden <laughs> yeah <laughs> it'll take a while before that's established <laughs> <laughs> you never know <laughs> Well, I guess I guess that's yeah, is like, that us. That's, oh, sorry, uh, go on. Yeah, that's 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 all my questions kind of used us. up there. So, all right, man. Well, that was a that was a very very enjoyable episode, and uh, as per usual, so I say we'll schedule the next one for next month, and we'll um, probably around the same time, and we'll do out a message. If anybody has any questions uh, for the vegcast that they'd like answered, that myself and Mark answered, you can email me at the Who Art Thou podcast at gmail just make sure the subject is VegCast and then you can send the messages onto the Instagram if you'd like as well, the Who Art Thou podcast Instagram and Mark, where can anybody get you if they want to ask you anything? Uh, yeah, that's uh, Greenbeard underscore diaries on yep. Instagram. Awesome. So yeah, Mark, thanks so much. And I guess I'll see you. Well, I talk to you most weeks, but I'll see you next month for the next episode. <laughs> nice one. Yeah. Cheers for having me. It's been no, fun. No problem. Anytime, man. All right. See you later. Bye.